that all of our listeners out there are safe and well. We are so happy to be here today. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Native Plants Healthy Planet podcast presented by Pinelands Nursery. I am Fran Chismar. And I'm Tom Knezic. Uh, although we've been practicing our, our social distancing, we're excited to have our first uh, guest today via phone. Uh, it, it, man, it, it took forever, I think, to, yeah. to figure <laughs> yeah. that out. It, and, it, and we really, part of when we were starting this, we really wanted to have people come into uh, our studio and, and see the nursery and and um, felt like those interactions were a little bit better, but things change. This so. is better than nothing. This <laughs> yeah. is better than nothing. So I'm glad we we're able to figure that out and 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 be able to do this. Yeah, because it seems like it's taken me like two years to figure out how to do this. Yeah, and it's so far so good. It's, so it's, so we, far. our little test runs seem to work well. So. Yes, but um, other things we need to talk about. Fran, how's your how's your March uh, or native plant? Madness bracket doing. Uh, you had to bring that up. You had to bring that. Not, I had to. It, it, it was an absolute. <laughs> I know you had to bring it up because <laughs> it was an absolute bust. Actually, my winner was eliminated in the first round by Purple Coneflower, which is in the final. Yep. So, um, and I had, I only had low bush blueberry or a high bush blueberry making it to the second round. So I'm completely, I was pretty much eliminated just about after the second round. Yeah, it, like, it definitely took some twists and turns that I didn't foresee. There's some uh, I, soft rush made it really far, and I yeah. don't necessarily know why. <laughs> but you, you know, I I'm realizing like I went, I didn't go by what I thought our listeners or our social media followers would pick. I went by strictly what I would mm-hmm. pick. Like I did it that way. Man, I'm so far off from yeah. the popular consensus like really off like not even close so i don't know yeah <laughs> i i'm you know the thing that that's hard is i would love to know what everyone's reasoning was for each yeah, pick yeah. and and we don't get that but i would love to know like is it just that you thought and it was interesting seeing that through the facebook comments on the polls where yeah. some people said oh i'm voting voting on pollinator value and white oak supports x amount of pollinators and flowering dogwood doesn't support nearly as many so i'm picking white oak and yeah there's all different arguments for why people would pick some stuff yeah and it's a lot of it you know some of it came down to pollinator uh value but that didn't necessarily factor into all my choices some of it were just you know my experience Mm -hmm. with that plant or how versatile that plant was so it it really it, it really kind of varied, so yeah. it was just kind of shocking to me that yeah. I was so far. But I had blueberry or high bush blueberries, the champion, and as of right now, it looks like that's going to happen. Voting is still up for until next Monday, um, but blueberry is kind of running away with the championship yeah. game right now. Right, so. right now it's leading. So make sure you vote on Facebook. So I guess on a on a side note. I'm going to end up eating a native plant of your choosing. Yeah. So that was the our bet. So that should be a fun episode when we do that. We'll have to make it a grand episode in some way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We may have to have some guests in and maybe have them sample. Mm-hmm. Some, we can maybe. I'll make go. something good. All right, I'll, maybe, I'll figure out something that'll taste good. Maybe we can. Uh, we can have that. Yeah. Uh, make it. Make that a little supreme. But on the speaking of supreme, on another side note, I am even though I was a complete failure at native plant march madness i am reigning supreme on youtube yeah yes you are (laughs) so uh our whiteboard ecology um youtube series uh that you've been posting has been doing really well yeah it's uh it's going really well we're getting a lot of good feedback and we're trying to teach people about native plants and even a little bit about invasive plants and, and what to look out for and like bradford pears right now are uh starting to come out of their peak bloom but you see them all over the place, and uh, we even had a comment on the the invasive plant video about Bradford pears saying, "Once I knew what this stuff was, it made me really sad when I saw it just driving down the highway." So, uh, and that's how I feel too. When especially I was going to down two ninety five making a plant delivery, and it's just lined with with Bradford pear, and it's so visible because of the white flowers, and you can't help but feel 
feel sad about it. So yeah, it's you know, and of course I had to take all this and make it about myself, and I had to I had to make it a competition with who had the most views on YouTube, and also who had the most likes and shares on Facebook. So I am really unpopular on Facebook, and. <laughs> <laughs> so we forgot to unplug the phone in the studio again so tom was trying to do that and it's <laughs> if you hear that noise in the background that's what that is but tom is the most popular on facebook yeah oh by, yeah. by but far that's some self-promotion too i yeah. made sure i shared it with some of the different uh pollinator groups and native plant groups that i belong to on facebook and and they seem which, to like it too which is we're which trying is to help um help other people understand uh and some of the things that go along with native plants and and why they're important to ecosystems. Exactly. So, uh, how are we doing with reviews? Have you looked? I vowed not to look. Have you looked at? I think we have eight, and okay. they're all five stars except for that one three star. So <laughs> we'll find out who yeah. that is. <laughs> but if if you do enjoy what you're listening to, uh, feel free to leave us a review. And um, if you have any comments, leave them there, and, and we're we're happy to take them into consideration. So uh, we do, speaking of listeners, we have a few more states join the fold. We've been trying to hit all 50 states, so uh, we want to say hello to our listeners in Colorado, Iowa, and North Dakota. Uh, welcome, and thank you for listening to Native Plants Healthy Planet. Uh, we're actually starting to become quite the thing in Germany. Our, our listens in Germany have really sprouted, yeah. which I thought was... And they have a whole different list of native plants. Yeah, they do, so I thought that was interesting. So... Um, I have one last housekeeping thing. Tom, did you do your homework and watch the Duke Farms I, Eagle I Cam? I did, and it's and I did not. I, I I kept telling myself, I'm like, I'm doing it tonight, and then I the I didn't Eagle do Cam it. was cool. It's actually become when you log on to YouTube, it gives you suggestions, and it's like always my number one suggestion, probably because oh. I've clicked on it so much. But at night, they have a, a night vision setup, so you can actually see what's going on then. And the the Eagle chicks are getting big; they're oh. getting really big. All right, so. I'm writing myself a note right now on. On my destroyed bracket, <laughs> destroyed yeah. bracket for native native plants, <laughs> uh, but, uh, March Madness. All right, Eagle Cam. All right, I'm but anyway, we have a really special guest for you guys today. Um, and uh, when we when we planned this out, we were saying, you know what, the governor of New Jersey and all these governors across the U.S. are encouraging people to get outside. So why don't we have someone on from uh, the park system to kind of explain what people are allowed to do if they come to a park? What, should they still be distancing? Uh, can they go fishing? Can they do all this stuff? And then, uh, was it Monday, the governor said all state and county parks are, are now closed. So we have a little bit of change in plans. You, know, you aren't allowed to visit the park anymore. But, um, Jen, why don't you go ahead and, and introduce yourself and, and tell everyone who you are. Okay. Hi, everyone. My name is Jen Balava, and I am the lead park naturalist for Burlington County Park. Uh, normally, I... I'm in charge of all the nature programming. Uh, most of my job is environmental education, but I, I also do lots of other things. I do indoor lectures. I have programs for school groups, scout troops, and I oversee many nature-related projects in the parks, and I keep a natural resource inventory of the plants and animals in each park. And I was so, really intrigued to see. Welcome, by the way. Uh, yeah, welcome, welcome to the, the podcast. <laughs> so, um, but I was really intrigued to see how much you guys were doing. When I think of uh, think of our park system, yeah. whether it's county level or state level, usually you just think of uh, maybe there's a park ranger who makes sure there's no one doing anything uh, really bad or wrong there, and you think of the people that are mowing the the sport fields or, or grass or along trails or anything like that. I didn't really consider that they might have a naturalist and i i have didn't all these either. other programs and jen how long have you been with burlington county parks january 2008 okay yeah yes. i've i've been living in burlington county for 20 years now 20 21 years and i'm it's really prog changed in a, a very good and progressive way mm -hmm. um i'm really proud of our park systems when when we have people come in visiting from outside of the state or outside of the county i take a lot of people to these parks actually i'm very proud of yeah. the park systems that we have in our county but and that's a, a credit to you and and the whole burlington uh county park system jen so but it's it's well, always thank you so much it's always great to learn about these other things that you're doing as well because I, you know i'm still learning every day all these things like when you're saying you're cataloging uh 
native plants and, and animals, I, I would have had no idea. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, um, our park system is, is really new, and it, it grew exponentially since 2005. Um, you know, most people, even people that have lived here a long time, don't know about a lot of our parks. And um, mm-hmm. so I kind of made it my responsibility at the beginning to go around and tell everybody about the parks and get them to go out and, and explore and stuff. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's it, there were only three parks uh, when I started doing nature programs, and uh, and now and now there's ten. Wow. wow. What what were the three that were there when when you started? Well, Smithville obviously is our headquarters, and that's been a park since 1970. Mm-hmm. But that was the only county park we had uh, prior to you know mid 2000s, and then we added um, Long Bridge and Amico Island. Okay, and I'm I'm actually not familiar with the the other two, um, and I thought I knew a lot of our county parks. I've been to Amico Island. I had with my kids. That was when my kids were younger. We would hit all of the the parks. Is there is there one park that stands out to you, or one that's a favorite of yours? Well, I get that question all the time, and and it's really difficult to pick a favorite because they're all so different. And you know, so I I always say my favorite for teaching people about birds is Boundary Creek in Morristown. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's 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 kind of open and the birds aren't so high up in the trees, so you can see them easier. So it's good for beginners. And then I like my my favorite for teaching botany is Crystal Lake in mm-hmm. in Mansfield. Crystal Lake has actual steep topography, which is really yeah, yeah. cool and and um, unique. <laughs> and and some of it is natural, some of it is the result of clay mining and. 1800s but um the underlying unique geology there leads to these really unusual plants that are not typically found in south jersey so so i love doing botany walks there and then you know my favorite for general ecology or winter programs is smithville so i have to i can't really pick one overall because they're all so different there's a lot of diversity and that's we we had actually listed this that we were going to talk about later but you know it's Mm -hmm. i think there, there's so many things that the parks offer. I, you have the the tractor pull stadium at the fairgrounds. Uh, I, you know, Crystal Lake kind of seems like almost like untouched. It's the first time I went there and saw like the steep hills with covered with ferns and things like that. Just, I wasn't expecting to see that, and that kind of blew my mind. And you have the Serenity of Smith Woods, and you know, it's every park has a much different. You know, even just going to Longbridge and and coming across the bird blinds or like a patch of of American holly in the middle of the woods and things like that. It's mm-hmm. just um, things that stand out to me when I go to those parks. Um, and that's it's 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 really diverse. It's not, you know, there's there's places that are manicured and there's playgrounds and things like that. But there's a lot of really great untouched beauty in a lot of it too yeah and and that's one of the cool things about smithville is um well jen why don't you tell us a little bit about the history of of smithville park and and then i guess how it became a park from where it used to be a, a factory i guess <laughs> well smith i mean history is definitely not my forte but it was a it was an industrial village in the 1860s and uh they manufactured woodworking equipment and um they they invented the uh the star bicycle and some other mm-hmm. um well-known things there and there's a lot of incredible exhibits at smithville you can learn about you can read the interpretive signs outside and you can look at all the exhibits in the museums and um you can also read about it on our website but there was an entire not only industrial village but then they also had um basically a, a really incredible um, town that was built yeah. for the workers of the village so y- you can still see examples of the workers houses which are now converted into mm-hmm. into uh, various public spaces and, and yeah, so. I, that's part of what was interesting about it is it's kind of well manicured by the houses and, and the mansion there and then you can get they have the whole uh uh, boardwalk trail around the the lake there and um i guess the ruins of the the factory or in, the indus- industrial part of it um yep so it's a real 
I'm, I'm struggling to find the right word, but it's interesting to see how quickly you can transition it in between something that's so well manicured to something that's a little bit more wild and, and natural. With with nice touches yeah. too, like the iron foot bridges and things like that, yeah. which I can't imagine were easy to put in there yeah. <laughs> where where they're located. But um right. I guess what we should really ask next next is how is uh the whole COVID nineteen pandemic affecting uh, Burlington County Parks and, and how you guys operate? Well, it, it's it's basically shut us down now. Um, you know, in, initially we were we were working um, from home, and only rangers were were working. And uh, you know, then the the trails were still open, but all the facilities mm-hmm. were closed. And now, um, as of as of this Tuesday, everything is closed. So uh, it's it's very sad and it's such a fantastic resource for all the people that needed a place to just go and get mm-hmm. fresh air and walk around and, and stuff. But, um, but, you know, obviously we got the orders from the state and we have to abide by them. So yeah. we can't encourage anyone to, to go into the parks whatsoever. They are closed and full further notice. So oh, my. everything that I'm talking about is, Good to closed. check out some other time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, my, not, my, not now. My kids were even bummed because they were planning. They figured one thing they could do with their friends was go fishing, and be able mm-hmm. to keep a distance and still like have some kind of social interaction. And they had yeah. planned it for the day that the parks were closed, so they were just like completely like devastated. Um, which I'm sure a lot of people are. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's always a lot of foot traffic, people walking the paths, and especially uh, during these uncertain and times. And I think that's, that's probably why it had to be closed is because uh, maybe not in all parks, but in some parks there was too much and, and it was hard to maintain the, the distancing that you needed to stay healthy and safe, even though we want people to get outside and, and experience nature everything's kind of awakening right now it's an awesome time to actually be outside it's but spring yeah it's spring if I mean, you're putting it's... people at risk by by allowing it then it, in my mind it makes sense to to do it so so COVID 19 aside what what are some of your i mean 10 parks is a lot um what are some of your biggest challenges as the naturalist for burlington county parks yeah well we have we have this this really incredible park system I mean, we have 10 parks, and then we have three regional walking trails and a canoe trail, and then we have, you know, three museums and three art galleries, and then, you know, we have all these things. All It's just, it's it's an incredible array of, of facilities, but at the same time, you know, we have limited limited staff, and, and um, so, you know, we, we try to offer as many different things for the public as we can, but obviously we're going to be limited by... By staffing and time, gotcha. so that's that's a big uh, a big thing. First, first of all, and then you know we have <laughs> we've got um, some some of our large uh, events like uh, Earth Fair and mm-hmm. Farm Fair and so forth. Those are well, you know we'll see we'll see what happens with those this year. Um, the first one of which would be June. Yeah, yeah, and I hadn't even thought about farm fair uh, mm-hmm. since it's in the summer, and that just seems so far away. And um, yeah. I almost forgot it's I'm, part of the county park system. But I'm sure there's a lot of wheels in motion for that because it's there's rides, there's there's all kinds of mm-hmm. intense tents and events. Yeah. at that, and there's there's we have to plan everything pretty far in advance. So um, so right now we we pretty much have to have the whole summer schedule done by next week. Mm-hmm. And we, and that's a big challenge because we, we, it's hard to plan uh, if you don't know and, and if you, small things or large events are going to happen. So. And for our listeners that may be outside of this area or outside of the state, there's a lot of the different events that you hold because you have equestrian events, correct, uh, also? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean equestrian, tractor pull, Earth Day events, mm-hmm. farm fairs. There's a lot. There's And, yeah, there are festivals at the fairgrounds. There's Yeah, yeah there's – it's uh, – a unique set of circumstances um, that we we are able to have through our county park system that I think a lot of counties probably don't get. Yeah, there's a lot of diversity, and and you know because our Burlington County, there's a lot of parts that are still rural, mm-hmm. so not not every place is going to need a tractor pole stadium or an equestrian park. But it's 
I, I love the diversity that you've brought to try to to try to reach out to all residents. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, I think that's what makes our our park so successful, and why so many people, uh, you know, they're so, they're so well used and loved because it, they're not all the same. You know, they they really appeal to a wide a wide audience. It, it's really unique. It's really, uh, and like I said, I'm proud of it. I bring a lot of people uh, from outside of the area. I'm proud of that system, and I can't say that for every place that I've lived. So that's that's a testament to all the hard work because I'm sure going from three parks to ten parks in, in 15 years isn't isn't uh or is a lot of work i should say so i know you guys had a lot of uh of projects planned for the park system coming up this spring and and some of those you had to postpone what were some of those projects i know you had something with a pollinator seeding that was going on could you tell us about those yes sure so our the, the main one i wanted to talk about is our our long-term project at longbridge park in Haynesport. so in 2014, the park system embarked on a long-term project uh, in partnership with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service to convert the two-acre field that is right at the trailhead, Longbridge, uh, which was full of invasive plants, uh, and convert it into a, a native wildflower meadow for a pollinator. So it's been obviously uh, quite a project clover and the mugwort is less than it was when we started <laughs> yeah i, I but, could imagine so, just getting rid of the invasives has to be a project in its own so because that's a park that it, yeah it's newer so you inherited a lot of the problems that were already there correct it was a yeah and that particular section was so heavily disturbed it was part of a you know basically a, a sand pit and construction debris and it's just going to be a constant battle to tackle the invasives. But right now we have swamp milkweed and some uh, nice grasses and bone sets that have done well. It's a pretty wet meadow. So the wildflower seed that I ordered from Pinelands Nursery this year was meant to be planted this April as part of a public mm-hmm. service project to continue our restoration efforts there. And, um, as you said, unfortunately, all of our events for the spring have been canceled, but we definitely want to reschedule that one in the fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so we'll be looking to plant some some wildflower seeds that actually, hopefully, will grow in the wet, disturbed sand there, and uh, you know, add to the uh, the competition with the uh, some of the invasives. Yeah, and we have had. Um, prescribed burns there mm-hmm. uh, as well and we were supposed to have one this March as well and that didn't happen yeah, due to yeah. the uh, pandemic so I'm just hoping that this doesn't set you back and allow mm-hmm. invasives to to uh, creep back in and, and start your start your project all over again so, and one right. of the, the interesting things um, is we have, we've had a relationship with Burlington County Parks for a long time so some of the seed that we're growing our plants from is actually collected from uh, some places on the park system, and uh, so some of the seed you'll actually be getting back is from from uh, originally was collected from uh, from Burlington County Parks and then grown on and and different plants uh, produce that seed, but some of it can be traced back to Crystal Lake and and some of these parks that are in Burlington County. So that's kind of interesting, but um, definitely, yeah. But. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you were saying that volunteers can are involved with that project in some way. Um, yeah, so uh, they were we were going to so anybody could have uh, helped with that, mm-hmm. but there's a we would also contact all of our um, people that have reached out through our volunteer program, and there's a there's an entire system on our website you click on volunteer opportunities on oh, very cool and and what is the page. the website that people can go to burlington county parks uh just it's our burlington county parks homepage. okay perfect perfect that's yeah. awesome on we- the left header just click on volunteer opportunities and there's a lot of detailed information all the ways people can volunteer and 
they can it's if you want to um if an individual wants to volunteer for you know multiple things on a recurring basis then there's a an application to select all of your interests and hmm. therefore we would only contact only contact you for the things that that particular person selected on their application that's where cool. there's other people that yeah some people just want to help one day and therefore mm-hmm. there's a different process for that you know you don't have to fill out the full application just for for one thing so there's different ways to be involved and uh, you can find out about that on our website does, does, we have um i'm sorry good we have oh we have two other um projects that i wanted to mention perfect one is the butterfly garden at smith's woods mm-hmm. um we've been Actually, the butterfly garden was initially made by uh, one of our park rangers, uh, and then after it became too much for time for him to devote, the gardening tasks were handed over to our Burlington County Master Gardeners. Oh, that's and then over the last, yeah, so they're volunteers too. And over mm-hmm. the last several years, I've been working with them as the staff liaison to replace some of the non-native plants in there with native perennials mm-hmm. that benefit butterflies and other pollinators. That's Both nectar and host plants. So we, that's something that has been ongoing and something that I'm in charge of. And um, so, again, that's something that I, I would have been doing this month as well. Mm-hmm. So hopefully hopefully we can, you know, still, still have a, a functioning garden despite our setbacks right now. Now, is there someone new in the county overseeing the master gardeners now? Uh, yes. Is it Mike? Mike, I think he was a former customer of ours, actually, and it was nice to see that he's he's uh, back in the area. <laughs> so. Yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is some of our interior planning. He's probably someone we should ask to have, have yeah. on too. Yeah, uh, it's a, one of the things that's amazing um, as we've gone through the whole podcast process is how there's so many people. We kind of came up with a preliminary list on who we wanted to invite, and then there's just like random moments of. I don't want to say genius, but like when the light bulb clicks on, so, oh, why didn't we think about this person or that person? I just had one of those when I was thinking about, oh, we should have Master the person from the Master Gardeners yeah, come on. Exactly. But, now, you you said you had two pro- two more projects. Is there another project you wanted to mention also? Oh, yeah. At, at Crystal Lake, we were partnering with uh, the Watershed Ambassador for Watershed Management Area 20 and Crafts Creek, uh, mm-hmm. Spring Hill uh, Watershed Association, and we were all partnering to plant a, a rain garden in a low spot mm-hmm. on the edge of one of the farm fields at Crystal Lake. And that was another public program meant to be a service project that everyone could be involved in the planting of it as well as, you know, an actual workshop for learning about rain. You know, one more. that was originally scheduled for May 3rd, but okay. um, that has been postponed to the fall as well. One of the things that I love that's kind of bonded a lot of our community, and I'm sure Tom can talk about this a little bit more, is just what's been going on at Crystal Lake with some of the the building impact around it um, mm-hmm. and with the watershed and how they've gotten involved. And just you, you see the signs around the neighborhood about Crystal Lake. Um, I don't know the specifics on it. Yeah, but. it's and, – and Jen, you might even know more than me. It's um, – it's, uh, I know they're they're planning on building a – uh, to be honest, I'm not even sure exactly what they plan on building. I know there's some some housing that's supposed to go in, and maybe some uh, some uh, retail development. Um, and I don't want to get into the politics of it at all, but uh, it's interesting and, and unique seeing our community come together and all the signs they're saying save Crystal Lake Park, and now they're not getting rid of the park, but it's the surrounding area that they feel is going to be impacted. And um, without getting too controversial, if you want to shed some light on what you know about it, feel free. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really know much. All I know is that the the adjacent land yeah. is in question. Obviously, the park is protected, mm-hmm. but the the area that is farm and forest adjacent to Route One Thirty and and the northern boundary of the park is uh, what is in question. So, you know, if you if you take out that open space that adjoins Crystal Lake. 
that live there. So how that's what's the if you're cataloging wildlife, I'm just curious. It made me think of this, especially because obviously that would impact the wildlife at, at Crystal Lake as well. Since you've started, um, has have you seen a great increase? Obviously, it's increased as you accumulate more parks also, but mm-hmm. are you seeing things now that you maybe didn't see five years ago, six years ago? Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Anything? Yeah, and like specific I mean, or surprising, like something that you got excited about. You're like, wow, I didn't think, you know, I'm excited to see this for a certain reason. A park, we are relatively small in comparison to um, the fields that nor- that grass, grassland bird species normally require. Yeah. And, uh, and in some of these small fields, we're seeing some of these, you know, endangered species that we've, we certainly didn't have before. So it feels like these species are just, uh, normally they would require a lot more acreage, but now they're, they're I mean, that's all that's there, right? Yeah. And you cut out a little bit. So what species were those that you were mentioning? What's that? Uh, you, you cut out just a little bit when you started that, that thought. So what were the, the species you were talking about? Oh, I just I said grassland. I don't know if I'm allowed to say them, but oh, grassland. okay, you okay, know, gotcha. endangered grassland species of birds. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure if we missed something or not. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it was. We, you know, it, it's been it's been interesting to see the, uh, like I said, not having not having them at all to mm-hmm. seeing them in three three relatively smaller. Uh, acreages of you know fields so and i love that you encourage birding there's uh, there's a few parks that have bird blinds i know longbridge had them in Boundbrook, i believe and um pennington park also has them i think yes yeah yeah mm-hmm. so it's uh, do you do you find you know because we were saying how like passionate like birders are or native plant enthusiasts um with the volunteers do you get the same people over and over where you actually start like becoming familiar with them like and pretty having, much okay mm-hmm. which which is nice it's, i mean yeah yeah we have our our regulars and the and then there's there's those that are as you said um maybe they're passionate about one particular thing with it may be birds or it may be mm-hmm. plants or whatever it may whatever it is but yeah we we tend to see those same uh faces which is good but it always helps to have some new yeah. faces too mm-hmm. so definitely so mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about the, the Eco Fair that takes place at Smithville Park earlier. Um, that's an annual event that I'm assuming is going to be postponed or, or canceled for this year. But uh, what are some of the uh, the other like nature-centric events that, that you guys hold through parks? Well, we, <laughs> we, have, we have nature programs almost every day, spring, summer, wow. and fall. Yeah, if you... If you were to look at our schedule, which of course is not accurate now, but if you were to look at it, you'd see just how many things we have going on on a regular basis. It's, it's quite something. Uh, so we have we have a huge variety of different types of programs. Uh, some of them take place during the week. Some of them are on the weekends. Some of them are in the evenings. And then we have um, in the summer we have our junior ranger and Young naturalist programs, which are for youth, and uh, I'm in I'm in charge of all of that, and it's um it's been going on for let's see basically eleven I think their twelfth year of, wow. Wow. of those summer youth programs, and uh, when when our families are 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 certain. Nature all free. The ranger program is free some, and we have it in in two age levels, five to eight, and then nine to twelve. And our programs take place on like about an hour and a half long during the week, and then one on the on Saturday, and then um, they take place throughout July and half of August and then have the young naturalist program which is for teens just 13 to 17 and that program 
allows teams with an interest in the environment to develop a greater appreciation of their, their the outside world and obviously anyone who's looking to potentially mm-hmm. pursue a career in the natural sciences can gain valuable field experience. And they take place every Monday for seven weeks in the summer. Have, have you had anyone that, that's graduated that program come back years later? Uh, oh yeah, and- that's the best part of, <laughs> of my. That's the best part of my job is um, it's is basically you know had I, I started all of this and you don't know if you're getting through you know and, and you wonder what what's going to happen to some of these students and the best part of my job is that um, I guess unlike with uh, traditional classroom teachers I I've watched them grow from age five to six all the way up to graduating high school and then I've actually had uh, several of them now being able to come back and say I want to you know be your summer intern or I want to work with you someday and that's just that's just the ultimate compliment that's because you're you're getting the opportunity to be impactful on someone's life in a in a huge way and that's that's great when you see those results people coming back especially saying they want to work with you that's yeah it's got to be really really rewarding and it's such a, a great mission to have that it's tying it back to nature and and whether they want to focus on birds or plants or insects or or whatever it's uh, a, a great avenue to have better than a lot of other things they could be getting into right. Is, is there one aspect that you enjoy more than – I know that's a, a loaded question, but, like, there's birds, insects, native plants. There's there's a lot of different aspects to this. Is there one avenue that you enjoy more than another? I would say just probably just, you know, being able to educate so many different uh, – groups of people you know I've gotten to meet so many people over the years uh, and many of them I know so well now and you know we have we have a group of um, retired folks and I've, I've known them since since I started mm-hmm. doing uh, nature walks you know even unofficially before I was a naturalist and and they still follow me around <laughs> um <laughs> And I just think it's so cool. it's so cool because now not only are everyone they're all friends, you know they can they can go out and um, <laughs> and uh, you know enjoy nature together even if I'm not there, which is just an, um, it's a wonderful thing to have come out of these these walks and that programs. Is awesome. So yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, really rewarding aspects, but yeah, just being able to. And it, it, another really cool thing is, you know, we'll be somebody will be out on a trail somewhere in a park and just say, "Oh, I remember when I was in this exact spot and we saw, you know, such and such a thing." And and it really it really remains in people's minds, you know. And and that's what you really want is as, as so if as, you can, yeah, you, if you can be present when that happens, it's it's really special. I mean, you want people to be stewards of the land and and to mm-hmm. respect that as they get older and it's and it's right. if they're enthusiastic then it will be contagious with other people so it's and not everyone you know not everyone grows up in an area where they have a park system like this or they even have natural areas so to to make mm-hmm. that kind of impact on someone's life i think is is pretty pretty fantastic actually do you do you have all right? So, being spoiled with what Burlington County Parks offers, what is your favorite park outside of the Burlington County Park system? Can you say that, or do you have one? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh gosh, that's. <laughs> I know it's that's, tough. That's you, really, you know, like it's like, really hard for me. Like I love going to Hawk Mountain in Pennsylvania or the Delaware Water Gap and there's 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 a couple places that I love to frequent outside of the local park system. I didn't know if you had a place either like growing up that that helped guide you in this direction for career choice mm-hmm. or if there's a place that mm-hmm. you know sometimes you have to like this is your work so sometimes you know you may feel the need to get away from your work and go somewhere else, you know, or explore just to see what someone else is offering or or what get ideas of what you can do. Yeah. I just didn't know if there was that place for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I guess 
I'd have to I'd have to say Kate May because uh, that Kate May for me is where where my really serious uh, nature explorations began and where I really became a birder and um, that's where I had my first experiences you know doing environmental education and interpreting nature so I, that for me that's probably the most special place and 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 that's interesting just because mm-hmm. it's it's a different and it's well uh, for Burlington County Parks you're in in mainly coastal plain it's is it all coastal yes. plain it's okay but that's more that's definitely coastal you know so uh outer coastal plain i guess that would be more mm-hmm. inner coastal plain but uh you know, we're we're kind of partial to that ourselves. Just yeah. with oh, yeah. we do a lot of salt marsh material and things and, like that. And even just as a kid, I remember going to Island Beach State Park, and we'd usually meet our cousins there. But one of my favorite things to do was we'd go into the bay side, and there's a program where you actually took out a seine net and walked through, and you'd see what kind of fish and shrimp and all different kinds of little things you'd pull up. Uh, lots of seaweed too, but there's all little critters that you'd get to see, and then the uh, the uh, person from the parks that was there would say oh well, this is this and this is uh, a, a blue claw crab and this is why this is here and this is why this is important and uh, going back to you're saying about the the young naturalist program it was that's something that was super impactful to me and and kind of led me to to where i am today too that's see what you get to do you get yeah. that's that's okay. awesome <laughs> So I have a question for you, and this is more on a personal note, Jen. So I drive by the fairgrounds every day going home. I, I only I, – I live in Springfield Township, so I'm, I'm close. And I've noticed the signs go up for the red barn at the fairgrounds. And I didn't know what the purpose of the red barn was going to be, like if it was going to have events it, there. It or, could be top secret. It so. might be top secret. <laughs> but there's signs now promoting the red barn, so I just wasn't sure – you, you can't promote it and then say it's top secret. That, you know, I <laughs> I think, uh, well, that might be a specific question for the fairgrounds manager that I'm not partial to, but okay. I I did notice that the signs as well. Um, not really, I'm not sure what the significance of that is, but okay. it could be something as simple as, um, you know, trying to, get people to meet in a particular spot gotcha gotcha okay <laughs> it could be something you know really really basic like that yeah, but yeah. I, i'm not really sure i got excited when i saw it because <laughs> i was like "Ooh, what's this so and, and also on a personal note with one of the events that i loved that my kids loved and i don't know if it still happens at the fairgrounds it was one of the first years it was open it was like a fall festival and i know there was pumpkin chunkin Oh, the yeah, fairgrounds right. that my kids absolutely loved. Does that does that still happen? Did was that just like a, a one and done or a couple years? Do you know? Well, we have we have uh, our annual festivals in the fall. We have we we have the first we have arts in the park, and then we have uh, the fall float festival, which always includes something to do with hay rides and pumpkins and things mm, like okay. that. So that's a part of our annual offerings. But there, there isn't anything else at the at the fairgrounds. Okay. The, okay. So, uh, one of the things as as this uh, COVID nineteen pandemic starts to to open up and uh, and we get to be freed, I'm sure there's going to be a huge flood of people who want to get involved and and visit parks or even volunteer at parks. Mm-hmm. Um, how can they help you guys? How can they get involved and and help the parks or even just to visit the parks, what what are some avenues they can take to get there? Yeah, well, I would say first start on our on our Burlington County Parks website because there's a, there's a lot of good information on there. So if you want to just visit and see what the different parks are like before you head out, that's a good idea. So just you know first start there and look at look at all the different uh, places you can go. Look at the hours of the museums, the galleries. A lot of people will go to Smithville on a a Monday or Tuesday, not realizing that the some of the other buildings are only open Thursday to Sunday. So you know you might want to just plan your trip before you head out and to get the most out of it. Mm-hmm. And and then after that, I mean, if you want to get more involved with with some of our events, then that that's a, a place where you could go 
and either again look at our our volunteer opportunities page and um, explore some of those um, needs there if you want to be more involved because there's there are volunteer opportunities for all kinds of things not just uh, helping with nature programs or events there's you could be pretty much we need volunteers for all different kinds of things because mm-hmm. our park system is so varied right so there's many different ways people can be involved and uh and then there's simply um the we have a relatively new registration system for for registering for programs and also for booking any kind of uh uh facility whether it's a picnic pavilion or anything like mm-hmm. that and there, that is uh on our website as well so even just by clicking on that you can see um all the different things that are available to the residents of Burlington County with regards to programs and facilities. And that's definitely the best place to start. Do, do you have a, what you feel is like a hidden gem that doesn't get the foot traffic that you think it deserves or something like one of the things I always think about for Burlington parks with my kids when they were younger, we, and on a few occasions, we stumbled across letterboxes and geocaching that we, we weren't there looking for it. We just happened to stump. We, we were, you know, oh, this is an interesting hole in this tree. Mm-hmm. Look at this, or you know, is there something that maybe doesn't get the attention you think it should? Uh, one of the parks, or, or a certain aspect that you'd like to promote or tell people about to to visit when they're back open or take advantage of? Um, well, the I guess one that comes to mind is the the Great Blue Heron Rookery at Amico Island. Well, yeah. I guess you can say it, it's. It's actually the rookery's on a, a little island in Dredge Harbor, but you view it from mm-hmm. the south overlooks of Amico, and and it's it's such a it's such a great thing. And I, I wonder how many people really know, other than the people that come to our our programs uh, on a regular basis, because it, it is one of the best places in the entire Atlantic coastline to view uh, an, a, a heronry or a rookery from a safe distance without disturbing mm-hmm. them. And uh, unfortunately, you know, the best time to view it is yeah, <laughs> now, <yeah. laughs> and you can't go there. So, um, but that is a, a really wonderful uh, thing that, for people to witness. I mean, it's such a, such a, a pretty, it's a really cool thing to have in our park system. And, and I, I would I imagine if, most people don't even know it's there. I know we had, um, we actually have a nursery up in upstate New York, and uh, we had a rookery that was on the lake that was attached to the property there, and. I didn't know it was there for the longest time until I got to look up and and then you see and then then you really wonder how you missed that giant mass of sticks that's in the top of a tree but uh but it was really really neat just seeing the great blue herons fly into it and I'm going to have to check that one out. Yeah, you know, I've been to Amico Island and I've never I never knew that was there. So thank you. That's definitely mm-hmm. as soon as it's back open, I'm definitely checking that one out. That one's one for me. Yeah, yeah, we had we had some really interesting drama too last year because really? you know, we we always have about fifty great blue heron nests. Wow! Oh wow! Uh, out, out there, yeah, that's huge. It gets really crowded, and 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 we've we sometimes we get egrets and and some other wading birds. And this last year we had uh, an influx of cormorants, and they started taking over the. Uh, some of the great blue herons' real estate, so it was in very interesting Ooh. drama in Ooh. the uh, mm-hmm. rookery. So, do you, yeah, you never really know what's going to happen from year to year. So it's 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 pretty exciting. Oh, now I'm definitely now uh, now yeah. I'm intrigued. Now there I are have many to- birds I found more polarizing than cormorants too. There's, there's <laughs> people who like them, and there's people who really hate them <laughs> hate them mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. a lot. So, is that for yeah. for people that are birders? Like obviously that would be a great spot. That what what do you think is the best park for birding? Now I know there's different habitats, so you're going to get different different birds uh, at different places. Yeah, Amico is the best overall oh. for bird diversity in pretty much every season. Okay, all right, awesome. That's one I'll definitely have to check out. You know, through all this, especially with the habitat that we've started to create at the nursery, I've become more and more involved in birding. Like more and more interested so that's one i'll definitely have to check out i'm a newbie though but i'm 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 finding myself very intrigued here's another thing that just came to my mind that 
Um, you may not know the details of it or not, but I know that the uh, Burlington County Farmstead has like a farmer's market. How's the the park closures affected that? It's, I know farm markets are supposed to be able to stay open, but this is a county-run thing. Um, right. Do you know anything about it? or? It's, well, the farm, the, the ag center itself is, is closed, and mm-hmm. the farm market starts in, I think it's March 9th. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, so far that hasn't, that hasn't been an issue because our everything we we know so far is closed through but May first. Mm-hmm. So we don't know yet how it will you know impact the season. But you know, obviously, right now the ag center and uh, any other things that would have been occurring there right now are are, are closed. Yeah. So. And that's for our listeners who are just kind of uh, want to dip their toe into uh, Burlington County Parks, and maybe they've been going to Burlington County Parks because they've been going to the farm market and not even know it. That's a great place to to check out because you see a lot of local Burlington County farmers and um, I think they even have some cooking classes and I know the farm markets and the, the garden expo I've gone to uh, you have a band and you have some good food and you can get all kinds of flowers and, and unique foods it's it's really neat. Now I had read and I don't know if this is true or if it's outdated but Burlington County was fourth in the nation for produce from farm stand to consumer uh, fourth in the nation and the top three were in California. So that's something that's pretty significant for us is, is farming in Burlington yeah. County. So the fact that you even incorporated that into the park system, I think is, is pretty fabulous. So, yeah, I think I, yep. There's no doubt. The, uh, the farmland, uh, and agricultural heritage is an enormous part of Burlington County as a whole. So mm-hmm. that, you know, that's, that's definitely an important piece. So, uh, unless you have any uh, anything you really want to bring up, we have one more question for Our you. Final question. So, um, unless you have a, well, I'll I'll give you a chance for a final thought after this. But what is your okay. favorite native plant? Oh man! <laughs> it could be a favorite bird or a favorite native plant. We'll let you do either. Oh one. gosh, man! Well. <laughs> You know, I, I, um, my, in my mind, my favorite native plant that just, it just because I just saw it recently is was was bloodroot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love bloodroot. I can't. Uh, every time I see it, I have to take photos of it, even though I have <laughs> thousands of photos of it already. Uh, I love that one. Um, and um, I guess my favorite bird is the scarlet tanager. Oh. But. Uh, yeah, I, it's so hard to to pick one. I I feel like when I go, I, I you know I have a group of people and I'll be like, oh, this is one of my favorites. <laughs> I say it all the time. It, you're uh, you're allowed to check. You know, uh, I look at it the same yeah. way you would look at like if someone mm-hmm. were to say, "What's your favorite song?" I'm sure for me, like that changes yeah. like once mm-hmm. a week or what your mood is yeah. or what the what yeah. the time of the year is. So I'm sure, like right. even. Even the the funny thing was we've had a conversation on here before what our favorite native plants were. And as I was filling uh-huh. out the native plant March Madness bracket, I was flip-flopping all over the place. <laughs> I couldn't even remember what I said were my favorites as I was filling it out. <laughs> like, cause I'm just doing matchups going, oh no, I take this one over that one. So it's, we, we won't hold you to it. It's, <laughs> you're not locked in. You're allowed to, you, if we ask you again in the future, you're totally allowed to switch answers. Okay. <laughs> Um, and I guess the the last thing we want to wrap up with is uh is how can um, we why don't you repeat what the website is again and then if people want to interact with uh with you guys on social media if you have any social media links like Instagram Facebook anything like that um, now's the time to get your plug in. Okay, well, I would just say go to Burlington County Parks and just put it in regular search bar because mm-hmm. the you know the the URL is too long, but just okay. type in Burlington County Parks and I'll take you right to it. And we do have a Burlington County Parks Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so that, and then there's there's the various uh, friends groups and the mm-hmm. uh, Lyceum Association and the uh, Smithville, the Friends of the Mansion at Smithville, all yeah. of those 
have their own Facebook pages as well. So there's there's the main page, and then there's all the you know all the um, individual. Which is gr- which is great. So if you want to get involved with the park, as well. specifically, yeah. you can. But if you're looking to make friends and and do this with a group of people, there's avenues for that through social media as and, well. Right. And we'll make sure we link those on our Native Plants Healthy Planet website as well, attached we'll, to this podcast. Yeah, we'll we'll make all the links available to the listeners. So after we post this, if you go to the website, we'll have all the links there uh, also for for everyone to check okay. out. Great. Thank you very much. And do you have any last thoughts, anything you wanted to, to mention or promote? or? Well, I, d- I did think of one, one more thing, which I think would be really uh, interesting to anyone who's, who's into uh, native plants. Uh, some, of, some of you might know about our, uh, basically the, the things that are happening at what we call the Lyceum. It used to be the Mount Holly Library, and mm-hmm. it actually is our place. It's a museum for history and natural sciences. And that's where we do all of our our lectures and things. Mm-hmm. But the Lyceum is undergoing major renovations for um, very you know permanent history exhibits and and so forth. In one of the rooms is going to be this incredible, incredible book that is uh. one of the the earliest the earliest uh, books um, with on basically on plants in wow. uh, ever ever drawn and oh. illustrated it, it's it's um, it's called the theater of plants and it was commissioned by um, the king of England's botanist wow. and Ooh. it's an incredible book it's it's literally all the plants that were known in the 1600s and and we have one of only there's only three copies in the world and the only copy that is in good condition is ours. So wow. there's going to be a special room uh, just for that uh, book, and the plates uh, will be, you know, scans will be on the wall so you can oh, see that's... you can see what it looks like without, uh, you know, that, <laughs> that's in... under glass, obviously. Yeah. That, that is incredible. Yeah. Did that come by way of donation, uh, something that it just... Was, it, it has its own long story, which... Uh, there'll be a whole explanation on how we came to get that book but okay. it, it was a it, it was passed it was the reason it was basically on 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 shelves it wasn't used and, as a, oh, oh, a guide okay. so it was in really good condition and um it, i i was just super fortunate to be able to actually look through it and pick out the pages that i wanted to have uh you know highlighted because they were they're actually native plants that are found here along the the Rancocas, so I, I chose certain ones to be highlighted. But it, it, it's it's just an incredible thing, and I think um, once it, once the exhibits are done, it'll be a draw for anyone certainly that is interested in uh, in plants. I'm really excited about this. Yeah, I had no idea. Very, very you cool. kind of saved a really cool thing for last because yeah. now I, I I just perked <laughs> up. I was like, ooh. Now the Lyceum is on High Street in Mount Holly. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. So. Do you have yeah. an idea? I know with everything now, everything's being delayed. Is, is there was right. there a, a launch date or an opening date that was in mind for that? Uh, I'm I, I I really not sure. Okay, but you know, let's just what as soon as we know something, what'll be posted on our on our website. Awesome. So. I, I will make sure as soon as that's open, we'll make sure we yeah. share that on our we'll social have to take media. Take a field trip. Over yeah, there. we'll have to yeah. take a field trip. That would be awesome. Yeah, I'm you, definitely. I'm, I'm really excited now. That's that's something I want to see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Jen, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you taking the time out to talk to us today. This was this was incredible. I learned, you know, uh, the one thing I'm learning from these podcasts is for as much as I think I know, I'm learning so much uh about this so thank you for talking about the programs that you offer and and all the parks and even like this book like so many great things that people should be aware of and we want them to be aware of so we're happy that you were able to do that today yeah um you're welcome thanks for the opportunity oh no problem no problem so thank you to everyone for listening to native plants healthy planet presented by pinelands nursery a big thank you to Stephen marr for our theme music 
You can follow us on Twitter at Pinelands Nurse. I'm sorry, Pineland Nursery, no S, uh, or Facebook at Pinelands Nursery NJ, and we're also at Instagram at Pinelands Nursery and YouTube at Pinelands Nursery. All right, and you can head over to our Facebook account right now. Um, I haven't posted yet, but by the time that you listen to this, it will be posted. We're actually going to give away a, a flat of uh, of pollinator wildflowers to uh, to one lucky contestant. So you can follow the rules on our Facebook to to win that. Um, but you guys have been doing a great job with your social distancing and quarantining. So we want to reward someone with a, a pollinator garden. But uh, you can listen to the Native Plants Healthy podcast directly on our brand new website www.nativeplantshealthyplanet.com. You can also check us out on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, or you can just ask Alexa to play the Native Plants Healthy Planet podcast. We're happy to announce that you can now hear us on iHeartRadio as well. Uh, you can hear us just about everywhere now. So thanks again for tuning in. I'm Tom. And I am Fran. Thanks again, everyone, and we will see you next time. Until then, keep it native.